Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, Paul's 50 years of sporting memories. In this podcast, I will talk about my favourite sporting memories over the past 50 years with my good friend Glenn. It covers a wide range of sports and the triumphs and heartaches along the way. In each episode, we will go back in time to talk about my memories from a particular year. This is Paul Tonner. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Paul's 50 Years of Sporting Memories. I hope you are well and I've had a great sporting week. Hi Glenn, how you going? Not bad, Paul, how's yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, busy week. Yeah, uh, yeah lots happening. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's exactly 20 years since the Sydney Olympics. Yeah. And I've brought something out of the closet. Brush <laughs> <laughs> the cobwebs <laughs> off. It's my... Yellow suitcase, uh, all souvenir covered with souvenir stickers from uh, the op- opening ceremony uh, of the Sydney 2000 Games, which I had the pleasure of attending. Yeah. Um, I get it out probably every four years and uh, the Olympics are on, but uh, unfortunately it's not on this year. <laughs> so, yeah, fuck if I open it up. What sort of goodies do we find here? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't open it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you know. I think I need some WD-40. Uh. <laughs> ah, here we are. Righty-o. Uh. Let's look what we've got. We have a map. A Sydney Olympic, Sydney 2000 Olympic Games map. Uh. All the venues. Around uh. Olympic Park and the city. Uh. Now, this is interesting. This was the uh, the Olympic Torch Relay pin album. So in, all, in the weeks leading up to the Games, this yeah. went for about oh, four or five months. Yeah. So from when the flame landed, yeah, yeah I collected pins from the newspapers. Oh, yeah. And it shows you where the, uh, yeah. the torch went around the country. Yeah. Yeah, it landed in Uluru. And, yep. Went here, there, and everywhere, yeah. right around the outside of the country, every capital city. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So that's still there. I've got the the socks. The <laughs> the socks Sydney two thousand caps. <laughs> I don't think I've ever worn these. Yeah. I've got the Sydney two thousand cap. Yeah. Oh, that's what we've got to put the years in t- today. Okay. Yep. I oh, will leave that one out yep. for Miss Olivia to draw out of. We have, what's this one? Oh, this is the, uh, what do you call it? It's a big book. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like a, oh, you know, a ceremonies book, yeah. master of ceremony book. Yeah. So back then, Sir William Dean was the uh, Governor General. Yeah. And Juan Antonio Samaranch, who was the president of the Olympics. The winner is Sydney. Yes, yeah. And he called it the best Olympics ever. Yeah. When it was all over. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, he's passed away now. Yeah. Then we had Michael Knight. And one person who uh, sadly passed away last week was uh, John Fay. Yeah. He's a former New South Wales Premier. Yeah. He was the Premier of New South Wales at the time. Yeah, he, 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 he's, yeah. he's the one that won it. Yeah, well, he helped win it, and he was the one when they, when uh, Samaranch said the winner is Sydney. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's the one who jumped out of his seat and yeah. pumped the air and went berserk. And yeah, but it was, yeah. it was actually Bob Carr was the premier at, at the time. Yeah, when the games were on. Yeah. Yeah. And now this is just sort of like a history of Sydney and yeah. got all the countries and there's a lot of artwork there. So uh, pretty much it's going in the detail of, of uh, oh, you know, what was happening in the opening ceremony. Yeah. It's got all everyone's name who yeah. participated, all the volunteers, yeah. all the people responsible for, uh, you know, in the, in the production of the opening ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being in the stand and, yeah, like the crowd all played a part. Yeah. You, know, you had to, yeah. you had these little torches here. I remember, yeah. see if I can find the torch. Oh, here we are. Yeah. It's like a wrist. You put it on your wrist. And you'd have to flash it when they told you to flash it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yep. No, there's, what else is here? Oh, this is from the newspaper. This is a countdown for the days leading up to the game. So I've uh, crossed off every day uh, from 100 days out. Uh, so from June the 7th, 2000 to opening ceremony day on September 15. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done that. There's uh, Kathy, picture of Kathy Freeman yeah. running. And oh, we've got a magazine here from the Daily Telegraph yeah. on the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, oh, this was. Uh, after the games, so straight after the games, uh, it's just like a tribute. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all pictures yeah. here of uh, some of the sensational performances. And, yep. And what do we have here? Sydney 2000 Olympic Games. We've got another little book here. Yeah. So this is about the history of the games and all the different sports and uh, yeah. talking about uh, all the events. Yeah. So it's amazing in, well, it was 24 years, no, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> how many sports there are now. There's heaps yeah. more sports compared yeah. to what there was back then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you compare that to the original Olympics. Mm. <laughs> and we've got here official spectator guide, another uh, book. Yeah. Yeah. And what else do we have? In, what other goodies do we have in here? More maps. We have another map. <laughs> <laughs> A map of Sydney. and uh. Yeah. This is like a, a transport map to help you get around town. Yeah. Where the other one was about, you know, all the different venues. And yeah. This one is... An Olympic pack, the official Sydney 2000 Olympic pack. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got another events, we've got an events guide there, another book. We've got pictures of the mascots, all their names, Sid, Millie and Ollie. Yeah. And I, I just saw it during the week on the TV, a lot of people are making a lot of um, Oh, money now out of the mascots from the games. Yeah. And souvenirs. Like, this lady had, like, these big, you know, cushy um, 
big cushy toys of Sid Millie and just uh, uh, selling them like for about nine hundred bucks each. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got magazines and that are like going for two dollars. Uh, We've got some Sydney Olympics postcards here. Yeah. Heaps of them. Wonderful photos. And what else do we have? I'm running a <laughs> visitor's guide, official visitor's guide. Yeah. Explore Sydney. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've got a. Oh, what's that? A ceremonies card. Sydney Olympics ceremonies card. We've got. Oh, I've got some of my tickets here from the games. Yeah. Yep. So that's my opening ceremony ticket. Yeah. I actually got a photo album. We'll cover it when we do the year 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, a special Olympics photo album of yeah. all the events I went to. Okay. Yeah. That's about it. Uh, oh, and I've got the pin. The pin? Yeah. Official audience pin. Uh, and it's never even left. <laughs> uh, never been never opened it. Opened it. Uh, it sat there all these years and I've never opened it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so now I'll put all that away and yeah. open it up in another four years or so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or will you wait till will you have to wait to five years? Mm. Because to bring it back in line with because hopefully they'll have this year's one next year. Well, next next year they they're still going going to call it uh, Tokyo twenty twenty. Yeah, even though it's being held yeah. in the year twenty twenty one. So we'll wonder whether there's be a three year gap between. Yeah, that's the, a good question. The next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a good good question. I I think they'll probably still go with you know every the normal four years. Yeah. Yeah, but like whoever's hosting it after Japan, mm. they would have already been working on their thing. I think it's Paris in yeah, 2020. Yeah, so they would have already yeah. been preparing yeah. and set everything up for that date. The thing you've got to consider is that in between that, you've got things like the World Championships. and So by the pandemic being on this year, which has cancelled a lot of things, yeah, yeah, that, that might put things out. So Yeah, yeah but... Yeah, mm. but yeah, I don't think they keep everyone happy. Yeah, you know, ah. something's got to suffer to bring it back into line. Oh yeah. Like if it's just if it's three years, mm. they keep it the schedule as it is, like 2024, 2028. Yeah. And then the smaller events work around that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they'll have to. Yeah. yeah. Just you know because of the history and yeah, so yeah. it, it'll be what. Three years yeah, three or five years. years. Yeah. You either put it out another year so it yeah. comes back into line. But but even if they put out, it out five years now, mm. somewhere there's going to be a three-year gap. Yeah. So you might as well just, okay, well, it's happened mm. and we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, they did it um, with the ashes, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, they brought it forward a year. So yeah. this was uh, like... Would have been 2013. Yeah. Yeah, so they had – normally there's like a two-year gap. So yeah. they'll have a series in England. Yeah. They'll have a series in England and then two years later they'll have the series in Australia. Yeah. So every four years they'll, you know, 
Like yeah. The series in England was last year. The next one will be, you know, in three years' time. Oh, yeah. Every four years. But yeah. in 2013, they changed it. Yeah. Yeah, they changed it to um, bring it a year forward. So in 2013, you had two Asher series. Yeah. So you had the English Asher series, the, the series in England. And then about three months later, you had it was on in Australia. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure why they did that, but... Yeah, I think, I think it was just you know the power of India and yeah trying to you know yeah. compete and try and bring it around the IPL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, the episode this week yeah, is well, about the year nineteen ninety one. So if we look at the year nineteen ninety one, but before that we got the joke. Oh, of the they word. joke! They oh, joke! Yeah. We got to have the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me with it. So this guy comes home to his wife that's dressed up in this nice sexy lingerie and she opens the door and says, tie me up and do whatever you like. And he thinks, oh, this is fantastic. (laughs) So he takes her in the bedroom and ties her up to the bed, goes goes up to the closet, grabs his golf clubs and goes off golfing. Mm. Because you can do whatever you want. <laughs> oh gosh! No, I had a, That's a good one. Last Sunday, I was up at the surf club <laughs> watching um, the house band play, but also the um, what was it? Uh, Carlton versus Adelaide on the big screen. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, for about 40, three quarters of the game, I thought they were going to send the doctors out to see if the Carlton players actually had a pulse. <laughs> because Adelaide was just laying there for dead. Gee, and Adelaide had been coming dead last all year. Yeah. Well, the Bulldogs upset um, uh, the South Sydney the other night. Yeah. yeah that was a huge boil over. Yeah. But no, guess what? Why? The Broncos are coming last. Yeah. Of course, the Bulldogs won. Uh, the Broncos are coming dead last. Yeah. First time in history. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Para no. beat them last night, but I think Para's, Parramatta's just going to be there making up the numbers and the. Yeah. 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 Well, now that we're into the, the finals mm. of the AFL. Yeah. Mm. Exciting times coming up in the next month, eh? Yeah. Finals time. Yeah. Yeah, a bit later this year, but Mm. at least it's on, which is good. And the Brownlow medal is going to be done online. Oh, really? It's not going to be – they thought it might have been hosted in Queensland, but Mm. it's um, it's going to be done all online. Gosh. You just think this time last year we couldn't even – we never would have ever even contemplated that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's a strange world we live in now. Yeah, sure yeah. So in 1991, Paul was living on the northern beaches, <laughs> studying at university. So I was in my second year, and I decided to uh, get a get a job. You know, get a bit of money coming in. <laughs> yeah. I started working at Domino's Pizza, Manly yeah. Vale. Yeah. So I'd be there, you know, three nights a week and. Yeah. Delivering pizzas and cleaning the shop and yeah. earning a bit of extra money. Yeah. Oh boy, did I have some? <laughs> I did it for about three years, and 
Well, you know, when, until I finish university and yeah, yeah, geez, I had some stories about doing that job. Because <laughs> you'd be yeah. doing it at night time, yeah. and you're driving around Manly, and yeah, you know, it's just full of bloody one way streets, yeah, yeah. and there's just nowhere to park. So a lot of the time, yeah. like the number of calories I would burn, yeah. and you had to get it there in half an hour. If you didn't get it there in half an hour, sometimes the customer would get it for free. Yeah. And uh, so you just have to park your car pretty much in the middle of the road <laughs> and run, and, run yeah. and then try and find the bloody place, yeah. you know, in, in the dark. Yeah. And then a lot of the times there was no lifts, so you'd be running up and down all these stairs. And, yeah. Oh, and you'd be going to parties yeah. you know, on a Friday, Saturday night full yeah. of drunks. And uh, I remember one time, oh, it was really busy. Yeah. Um, and I go to this party. I, I can't remember where it was now. And this <laughs> this half wit <laughs> comes up to me, flops it out, and urinates all over me. <laughs> and I didn't have time to change, you know. So the whole night, I'm just stinking like urine. Yeah. You know? And uh, oh, geez, I'd, geez, I used to get a lot of free pizzas. Yeah. There'd be a lot of prank calls. Or, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I'd easily eat a whole pizza, no problem, yeah. you know, because I was that young age and yeah. I'd just yeah. demolish them, you know. Yeah, I, I was the same thing. When I was a teenager, I'd go up to the gym and then grab a large pizza on the way to the club. Mm. So while I'm driving to the club, I'd be eating this whole pizza and <laughs> get to the club and then... It was amazing what you could consume at that yeah. age. Right? <laughs> yeah, my my um my son was delivered pizzas for a few years, and he yeah. said he came and had a few interesting yeah. um, deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> he actually um he was at his job doing a delivery, and the, the um the driveway was really steep. So he drove up fine, but when he drove back, it was really dark. And he hit one of those power um, power connections. Well, yeah. They're just a point with like, the power's underground. Mm-hmm. And he was really worried. He thought, well, he's going to take out the street or something like that. <laughs> so when he got, so when he, before he got back to work, he actually ran the power company, told him the location... Told them what happened. The guy at the power company actually thanked him for calling. He said, you're the first guy that's actually been honest and called us about about doing the damage, doing what he did. Mm. And the guy explained to me, he said, don't worry about it. It's just a cover. You haven't taken it any wise. And they said, yeah, we'll get two guys out there tonight to replace it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, well, um, yeah, like, I remember uh, there was one time, you know, you'd be carrying it around, these pizzas in, like, a bag. Yeah. And, oh, the smell, you know, you'd, all you could smell was, this, you know, these nice pizzas. And, yeah. And you'd be balancing the drinks on top of it. And yeah. I can't remember one place. It might have been in Beacon Hill somewhere. And I was just, oh, Looking ages, walking around, looking for this place, and yeah. and then all of a sudden, 
I've got these these two big fangs looking at me. It was this yeah. massive, like great Dane. Yeah. And I thought I'm gone here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he just let me walk past. But I thought, oh gosh, yeah, I'm yeah. in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but oh yeah, it was it was crazy and yeah, and uh, like I, there was one time, you know, when because uh, when sometimes a lot of guys that age, you know, they're a bit reckless in the car and they're just not experienced, you know. And I felt <laughs> I wasn't. I, I thought I knew a lot about the roads and yeah. driving, but I don't think I really did. Yeah. I got busted one night for speeding. Like it's like over thirty k's over the speed limit. Yeah. This was in Manly. Yeah. And coming in the mountain, this road is like the main straight, main straight yeah. of the Melbourne Grand Prix. Yeah. It would have been the Adelaide Grand Prix back then, yeah. you know. And I thought it was like a a ninety zone or something, you know. And it, yeah. yeah, this cop car pulled. You know, it was hiding around this corner and comes out, yeah. and I get busted, you know, for doing over yeah. thirty k's over the limit. Yeah. Back then, you know, <laughs> like a two hundred and fifty dollar fine, yeah. and that was a lot of money back in those days, yeah. you know. And I thought, oh god, um, like now you you just about lose your license, but yeah, I think it, yeah, thirty five k is over the limit. Yeah, I, don't think it is. Well, I would have been thirty six or something. Yeah, yeah, honestly, because I thought it was like a ninety zone. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, but it's you know street lights. You should know that. That's you know. 60 k's, and then later that year, I started playing cricket for a team called Harbour Diggers. Yeah. And I go to the first training session, and it's in uh, in Manly there, yeah. and you know, we're in the nets, and and it was right outside where I got sprung, from, yeah. you know, where the cops got me that yeah. night. And fair income, like every bloody minute, there would be a siren going off. Someone getting busted for speeding yeah. at the same spot. Yeah. If that isn't a revenue-raising spot, I'm not here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Getting back to the street lights. Yeah. I remember part of the Pacific Highway near Port Macquarie. Mm. It had street lights on there, mm. but it was a hundred k zone. Yeah. So, what is it exactly? Yeah. yeah. It was. They expect us to know all this. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That's why when I first got my license, I went mm. through there. Yeah. I slowed down to sixty, yeah. and I had a truck behind me blasting on. Mm. I'm going, yes, I know there's a hundred k sign there, but there's street lights. That's right. According to the rules of the yeah. street lights, uh, it's urban, and you slow down to sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this spot, there were no houses within Cooley. Uh, well, you know? Yeah, like one side you had all these sporting fields, and one side you had a golf course, and the police would. You know, purposely hide in yeah. that one spot. Yeah. And whenever I'd have cricket training there, fair dinkum, I'd see 30, 40 cars get busted. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I remember early in the year I went to a Billy Joel concert at the Sydney Entertainment Centre. Oh, yeah. I took a girl I fancied on a date there. <laughs> didn't do any good because she didn't really want to see me after that. <laughs> <laughs> the concert was good. Yeah. yeah, the old Sydney Entertainment Centre, and I don't think it's there anymore. It, it's yeah, that was like a, you know, yeah, you know that when they um when they built that new one, yeah, they were going to pull it down, but they didn't actually did. No, no, well, they don't. I don't think they use it for anything. Then. Yeah, yeah, like uh, 
It's a shame because it was a really good venue. It was right in the middle of Sydney there. Yeah. I've seen basketball there, you know, several rock concerts. Yeah. Yeah, just a great place. Mm. And, yeah, the first Gulf War was on Mm. early in the year. So, yeah, I remember that day I was at Katoomba Gym and, uh, yeah, we just thought back then, you know, the world's at war. Yeah. And... I think you were saying it was the first war on live on TV. Did you say? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the US started bombing the hell out of Iraq. Yeah. It was all over in like a matter of weeks. Wasn't That's it? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, all right, yeah. Saddam Hussein surrendered, and but then they just left him there in power. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, they didn't really accomplish that much, really. Uh, in 1991 was when we first introduced Mr. Bean. Oh, okay. Ryan Atkinson, and also The Simpsons oh. <laughs> first appeared on TV. Oh, I'm a fan of Mr. Bean, not The Simpsons. Though. Uh, I love Mr. Bean. Uh, oh, and, one those episodes. Uh, and one of my favorite, all-time favourites, ABC shows came back called The Big Gig. Oh, yep. Do you remember that? I remember hearing about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. it, it I don't it, think I ever watched it. it. Yeah, it was all live mm. and it was just hilarious. <laughs> okay. Because it was live yeah. and you know, things wouldn't always go to plan. And yeah. Yeah, parts of them were recorded like the empty empty pockets of two guys that used to bash each other with stuff. Yeah. And that, but yeah, no. See? Yeah, so many um, strain. Comedians made that got their start in that show and that, mm. and I remember um, there's a comedian called Rod Rod Quantock. Yeah. He's a redhead and he's got red beard, and it was also that year that ABC was saying it costs each Australian four cents a day to run the ABC. It's all right. Yeah. So yeah, they do a big promotion about that. So he, he went in amongst the audience with all these one cent coins, yeah. And he and he's looking at where he could cut back, yeah, do the cutbacks. And they would have had the one cent coins back then. Yeah. yeah. And he was looking at cutbacks, and he came to this guy. He goes, "I'll oh, watch your job." He said, "I'm the, I'm the mobility, I'm the camera mobility director." <laughs> and Rod goes, "Oh." You're gone, and then starts going back to the audience and giving them their one cent back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but what Rod Quantock is a is a really smart guy, and he he's done a lot of sketches yeah. towards the government about their figures. He's still around today. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he, he was just one of those comedians that never mm. really took off. But he yeah. he was very clever. Yeah. He was also in um, Australia standing in it. Yeah. That show. Yeah. I think Steve mm. Bizard, he had a show on around that time, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so apartheid ended in South Africa after about 20 years. Mm. And I remember the Strathfield shooting. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was a bit eerie for me because many years, like, after that, I used to stay right next to that, you know, where that shooting happened in that 
Strathfield Plaza there. Yeah. In the mall and just thinking, oh, you know. Yeah. And it just seems like a really nice place and <laughs> for something like that to happen. Mm. But, uh, yeah, the, with songs for that year, there was Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. I used to play to, that on the radio, The Death. Yeah. And uh, but I didn't mind. I was a huge Brian Adams fan. I had his album, Waking Up The Neighbours. Did you have the speakers for it? Nah. To nah, wake him up. He has on the <laughs> – well, that's what it was on the cover, wasn't it? He was yeah. – <laughs> with the big um, – what were they call a monohorn or – yeah, because yeah. I, I, I had a sound system that even though I lived on a property in a different yeah. house away from my parents' place, my mother came over and said, can you please turn it down? Yeah. We can't hear the TV and they're sort of about 400, 500 metres away. Yeah? Jeez, <laughs> you must have had it. Uh, yeah, but to me it wasn't loud. Louder than my food processor. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, also Daryl Braithwaite. Oh, for horses. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was the number one album. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a bit of a story with the, the band that I saw up at the club. Yeah. They're called Salt Rock. Mm-hmm. And the general manager of the club plays the drums. Yeah. And his wife doesn't, his partner doesn't like that song by Daryl Braithwaite. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't a fan of it. She she made a threat that um <laughs> that if he even plays it in the band, mm. she'll divorce him. <laughs> <laughs> so it, every time she walks into the club and he's playing, we yeah. say, "Play horses, play horses." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they even maybe halfway for a song. Yeah. Then PJ is a singer and the guitarist. Mm. He likes to start playing, <laughs> playing the horses <laughs> and singing it. It's like that bloody Proclaimer song, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Run. But, but I, I still, that song that he's got out now, Love Songs, mm. that's still so good. Yeah, I saw him on uh, TV promoting that yeah. recently. Yeah. 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 Um, so with films in 1991, yeah, I remember going to watch Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was in that, Jodie Foster. Yeah. Anthony uh, Hopkins. Yeah. Mm. I, I didn't see that movie. I just thought, nah, that's what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> but Arnold Schwarzenegger was back Oh, that's right. Terminator 2. Right. Yeah, Terminator 2. Judgment right. Day. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Rightio, I think it's quiz time. Yeah. Miss Olivia. Always oh, oh, always the year that Tony Barber and Elise Platt. Mm. They, they left. They left. Oh, South they South. left. So, and then Glenn Rich came in, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. I forget. Was it um, Joe Silvani? Well, I think she had a different name back then. She married that Carlton dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Right. So, quiz questions for today. Now we've got their multiple choices today or multiple guesses, I call them. So, there you go, Olivia. What's question number one? Question number number two. Say hello to everyone first. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Question number one is the World Swimming titles were held in which Australian capital city in January 1991? A is Sydney, B is Melbourne, and C is Perth. Mm-hmm. Question number two. Just write it again. Oh, sorry. Um, question number one. The World Swimming titles were held in which Australian capital city in January 1991? Is it either Sydney, which is A, B, Melbourne, C, Perth. Mm-hmm. Question number two. What Aussie male surfer won his second world surfing championship in 1991? Is it A, Damien Hardman, B, Tom Carroll, or... Tom Carroll? Tom, Tom Carroll. Or um, <coughs> C, Mark... I'll do well to pronounce this one. Mark Ocalupo. You got it. Mark Ocalupo. Okay, so what Aussie male surfer won his second World Surfing Championship? In 1991. Rothman's medal was won by which player in 1991? Is it A, Ewan McGrady? Ewan McGrady, yep. Ewan. 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 Yeah. He was a uh, Aboriginal Indigenous player. Oh, okay. Yep. Is it A, Ewan McGrady, B, Cliff Lyons, or C, Ricky Stewart? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Olivia. You're welcome. Right, so we'll reveal the answers at the end of the episode. So let's look look at uh, the sport events now. So earlier in the year, Australia retained the Ashes, winning the series 3-0 at home. And I remember attending the uh, Sydney Test with my brother on day one of that Test match. And I remember doing a university placement with uh, New South Wales Rugby. And what this involved was travelling all around Sydney and a lot of it involved, you know, on the weekends and and I'd just go and interview heaps of players and get them to carry out surveys. Yeah. So it was all to do with this statistics subject that I was doing at university. It was quite interesting, actually. Yeah. And, you know, this is going from, like, you know, just a suburban lower-grade player to, like, some of the top players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like uh-huh. first grade players for Warringah and I remember sitting in the grandstand there, you know, with them before the game. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was interesting. But, oh, boy, it was a big decline for Parramatta that season. They finished, mm. finished uh, second last on the table. Mm. They had a dreadful year. And, uh, yeah, I'd say... Um, I think Sterling, Peter Sterling, was pretty much out for that whole season with injury. Uh. And so was Brett Kenny. So, yeah, they didn't have much to talk about that year. Uh, so, yeah, Penrith won their very first title, defeating Canberra in an epic grand final, 19 points to 12. So in the previous year, uh, Canberra beat Penrith. Uh. Yeah, so Canberra were just, you know, they just had an awesome side. You know, they, they had uh, Belcher, Gary Belcher, uh, oh, I think 
John Ferguson retired in 1990, but you had Mel Meninga, you had Laurie Daly, Ricky Stewart, Bradley Clyde, some of the greatest players that have ever played the game. Yeah. Yeah, Glenn Lazarus. And uh, sort of Canberra sort of, they were so, such a good side. I remember that year they, they had so many injuries and they just sort of, just through the, their sheer talent, mm-hmm. they easily made it into the grand final. Uh, yeah. But no, Penrith were the, the star team that year. You know, they won the minor premiership really easy. And, uh-huh. and it was uh, Roy Simmons, the Penrith hooker. He was like a Penrith legend, you know. He'd been playing with them for years, and well, I remember when I was a kid, he came to my high school and gave a gave a talk to the school. Yeah, and yeah, he was a boy from Cowra. Yeah, and uh, you know the game got off, and Pricey Simmons like he's hardly hardly scored a try in his career. He scores one in the first couple of minutes of play from dummy half and and. And then Canberra just dominated the game after that. They they uh, were leading. They scored a couple of tries. They were leading twelve six at half time, but they should have been leading by more. Yeah. But then in the second half, Penrith started to come back because what was happening? I remember that day. It was quite a hot day, and you know, it was the end of towards the end of September, and and because a lot of their players have been struggling with injuries throughout the year. Especially in that final series, you know, they'll get yeah. all all needled up with painkillers to play. Yeah. Just to take the field and yeah. yeah, they were just running out of puff. Yeah. They were so good. Like Penrith just threw everything at them. Yeah. You know, you name it. Everything. Yeah. And uh, they just still kept holding Penrith at bay. Yeah. I remember Mark Dyer got sent to the sin bin for swearing at you know, Bill Harrigan and the touchy when it looked like Penrith had scored. and yeah. So they're down the 10 men. I mean, down to 12 men. But uh, apparently, I think it was Greg Alexander, their captain, and their star halfback. Yeah, he knew that around that time when he got sent to the sim bin, he knew they were going to win. Uh-huh. Yeah, he just thought, no, this is going to really fire us up. Yeah. Because that was, he said that was a turning point. Yeah. yeah, it really switched them on. Uh, and, yeah, they scored a couple of tries and Roycey Simmons scored the winning try. And, yeah, it was just massive celebrations in uh, around Penrith. Uh, they finally cracked it for their first ever title. Mm. Um, yeah, Hawthorne won the AFL that year, defeating West Coast. Yep. Well, well, there was something. Sorry, what was the score in that? It was Hawthorne one thirty nine to West Coast eighty six. Oh, yep. So they won easy, but there was something about that grand final that was a bit, bit uh, not 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 what normally happens. (laughs) Yeah, do you know what it was? Yeah, that particular grand final wasn't held at the MCG. (laughs) It was held at the old VFL Park. Yeah, because I think at that time they were. Building the new Southern Stand at the MCG, yeah. so uh, yeah, and because VFL Park held more people, um, yeah, they held it there that year. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think it exists now, VFL Park. Uh, yeah. it, it still does. Oh, still there because yeah. I, I think because the VFL's still running. Yeah, I 
pretty sure that they hold their grand final there. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah. where they used to play World Series cricket. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, before, before um, Victoria went into lockdown, mm. I saw a match being played at VFL Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Where is it? It's out in the sticks somewhere, isn't it? Not quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've only just driven through and stayed by night in Melbourne, Victoria, and kept yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, see, that's where, um, yeah, because with World Series cricket, they weren't allowed to use the MCG because the Australian Cricket Board, you know, had the rights to it. Yeah. Yeah, so they had to play out at VFL Park. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, we turned... Turn to uh, golf now. And Aussie Ian Baker Finch won the British Open, and he was the fourth Aussie to do so. He had scores of eight under. And that was two ahead of fellow Aussie Mike Harwood. So that was a really good tournament for the Aussies. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, Ian Baker Finch's career after that just really went downhill. Yeah. Yeah, and it got to the stage, you know, where um, oh, probably about four or five years later. Yeah. He just, yeah, he so, couldn't make any cuts yeah. and he just pretty much retired because yeah. he, he got what you call the yips. So, yeah, he just completely lost uh, his rhythm. Yeah. yeah, he still had the passion for the game. Like yeah. I listened to him interviewed recently and, yeah, like he, uh, yeah, it was funny because when, say if he was playing a game with his mates, or like just in a pro-am or somewhere, you know, away from the, the tournament pressure. Yeah. Oh, he'd easily get shoot a 68. Yeah. When it actually got to the tournament, yeah, he'd just fall apart. He'd shoot like a, an 80. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be ecstatic if I got 80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy if I got under 100, but 18 holes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh. He won a British Open. You can't take that away from him. Yeah. It was a wonderful performance. and So, yeah, he was the real star Aussie performer that year. Um, but, yeah, we go to boxing now. And Jeff Fennick, he got totally ripped off and robbed in his fight against Azuma Nelson in the WBC Super Featherweight Championship in uh. Las Vegas. <laughs> and I remember when, the like I say, I think it was over like 12 rounds and... You know, when they're in the middle of the ring and they announce the judges' scores and that. Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> he's just going off like a hand grenade, you know. Yeah. And uh, he's going, oh, no, and he's, you're joking. He's, you know, swearing and yeah. rightly so because he was by far the better fighter yeah. on the day. But then, you know, Don King, the infamous Don King, um, yeah, says to him, oh, it's, it's okay, we'll have a rematch. And I remember him telling Ron King to piss off. <laughs> <laughs> telling him where to go. And, yeah. yeah, but he was never the same fighter after that. And they had a rematch the following year in Melbourne at Prince's Park. And, uh, yeah, Nelson beat him easily. Yeah. yeah. So just amazing, you know. And, yeah, not, yeah. unfortunately... Yeah, over the years, some corruption has existed in boxing, and yeah. certainly did that in that fight. Oh, yeah. yeah, wasn't good. Mm. Yeah, so I've got the. If you notice today, Glenn, I'm wearing the Wallabies 
top. This is the 2003. You're always wearing one. Oh, I love this one. I got it when the uh, two th- two, 2003 yeah. Rugby World Cup was on yeah. in Australia. Yeah. $99 from uh, uh, Rebel Sport in Parramatta. I got yeah. it from. Yeah, and it still looks beautiful today, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but in 1991, we had a really good rugby side. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we won the uh, Rugby World Cup in the UK, defeating and holding out England at Twickenham in the final, 12-6. to 6. Yeah. yeah, and Australia scored the only try in the match in the 26th minute. Nick Farr-Jones, their captain, I remember him holding aloft the William... Webb Ellis Trophy, which was handed to him by the Queen. But it was a real, like, oh, you know, the game could have gone either way and the English just threw everything at the Aussies, especially in the first half. Half and you know, we just had awesome defence. Yeah. And in the game beforehand in the semi-final, I remember the Wallabies played really well. They defeated the All Blacks and, you know, just through... The brilliance of David Campisi. Mm. He starred in tr- two tries and they won the game 16 points to six. Uh. But in the quarterfinal, they had a real major scare against the Irish uh. in uh, Dublin at Lansdowne Road. I remember driving past that ground when I was on my tour in 1999. Uh. And I thought, yep, that's where they got out of jail in that rugby match. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. So... What was happening, you know, the Wallabies were pretty much dominating the match, but they only had a slender lead. And oh, just, you know, with minutes to go, there was a guy, Irish guy called Gordon Hamilton, who just stormed down the wing and scored a try for Ireland. And they just went berserk and they're running on the field. And, and you just thought, oh, the game's over, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Cool, Calm and Collected. Michael Liner, not his, his nickname. He got the team together and they, yep, this is what we're going to do. We've got probably several minutes left. We're going to do this move and it's going to come off. Uh, and it did. And, yeah, he finished a brilliant constructive backline move and scored in the corner. Australia got out of jail 19 to 18. <laughs> oh, boy. And there was the inaugural IndyCar race at the Gold Coast that yeah, year. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame they don't have that anymore, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, they decided to leave, the, leave Australia out of it. And then, yeah. And then, yeah, then they lost some other countries. Yeah. They tried to get back into the Gold Coast, but we already nah. had the GC600. And they said, well, you're going to have to... to Two races a year, but it would have just been too much yeah. interruption to the traffic. Mm. Yeah, because it takes six weeks to set up and yeah. about four weeks to pull the track down. So you do that twice a year. Yeah, it's going to be um, yeah frustrating. And any any decent tracks are too far out of out of the way for mm. to have big crowds. So, do they ever hold? Both those races together, like no, the Indy no, and the V8. No, no, no. Well, when the um, when the Indy finished, decided to pull out of the Gold Coast. Yeah, um, that's think, when the V8s came. Yeah, in yeah. The, this guy set it up. It only cost him seventeen, eighteen, no, yeah. ninety-seven thousand dollars 
to get it going and then mm. sold the rights yeah. to it a few years ago for about $6 million. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's not a bad investment yeah. for, for that. But, um, mm. yeah, and, and then I think it was two years ago that Indy said, oh, can we come back and... That's let, right. Let, yeah, let, Palaszczuk said, no, no, no. Can't yeah. do that, no. Nah. And there's no way in Brisbane, really, to mm. that, that you can close a part of Brisbane now and that it's going to yeah. have good streets. Yeah, just cause massive disruption. Yeah, yeah. I think even they tried it down the, mm. the, the rocks in Sydney yeah. for a couple of years, but it was always a nightmare. Oh, did they? And there was yeah. a lot of complaints because yeah, everything being closed yeah. down and that. Do they still have the V8s in Olympic Park there? No, no, they, oh. they finished two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. But because Sydney used to be the last round. Mm-hmm. Of of the V8, and now yep. the last round is in Newcastle. Oh, right. But yep. um, all the other rounds are only 500 yeah. kilometres where we have six. Oh, okay. 600, yep. yeah, so we have, yeah. a long, we have a longer race yep. than um, all the other rounds in the. Yeah, I'd love to go see the Formula Ones one year. Yeah. Had a massage this morning, and the lady was telling me that, um, yeah, she goes there pretty much every year, Formula Ones, and oh, it's just unreal. Yeah, well, I went yeah. to the first one in Adelaide. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's not so much the race; it's it's like that's great, but it's what's around that, it. That, oh, the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And Being just a, what goes on in the city at the time. Those, yeah. 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 Like, like we we were booked for. The pra- Saturday practice day, and then the race main race on Sunday. Yeah, on the Sunday we ended up driving out to a winery because all I could see was about two centimeters of track mm. yeah. because it, it was that packed together. So we ended up at this winery with this massive big yeah. screen, and we just sat there and drank wine and watched it. <laughs> but no, but the actual atmosphere around Adelaide was really good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So uh, I remember that year they had the uh, State of Origin, like in the State of Origin series. Queensland won the first game really narrowly. They might have won by a point or something. But uh, the second game in Sydney, oh, it was just bucketing down rain. I remember that night. Because yeah. <laughs> one of the subjects I had to do at uni was um, physics. You bugger all about physics. I needed some tutoring, and I went to this place, and oh god, I've never seen rain like it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this was the night, yeah, where um, Wally Lewis and Mark Guyer had that big feud at half time. They were being held apart by um, David Manson, the referee, and basically what it involved was that Mark Guyer. Yeah. Uh, the Penrith player, he, he was just on a mission to just go and bash every Queensland player out there, you know, yeah. shoulder barging them and elbowing them and head eye head tackles and yeah. yeah, just trying to get some mongrel, you know, into the New South Wales team and fire yeah. them up and yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, oh, the Queenslanders just reacted and by half time they just had enough and Lewis is just blowing up at him big time and, and they're going off the field and 
Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing they uh, <laughs> didn't come to blows. But, um, yeah, but towards the end of the game, you know, like Queensland are winning and they look like they're going to win. And I remember New South Wales scored a try with about a minute to go. And then Michael O'Connor, Snoz O'Connor, he's got this sideline conversion. <laughs> pouring rain. The scores are tied up. I think it might have been 12 all at the time. And it's pouring rain. The ball's like, you know, like, a, like in that sort of mud, yeah. in those conditions. Yeah. Like imagine kicking that ball. It'd be like kicking a rock. Yeah. You know? And he's, uh, he's just done the most beautiful kick from the sideline to convert the try. Yeah. Never look like missing. Yeah. The crowd went wild and New South Wales won the match. But, yeah, in the third game, Queensland went on and won and Wally Lewis retired a winner in the deciding match. And, yes. So, Miss Olivia, quiz time. She's rushing over to give the answers. So that's the answers are the ones underlined, Livy. Okay. okay. So question number one, I'm going to read out the question again. So question number one was the World Spring <coughs> titles were held in which Australian capital city in January 1991? Was it A, Sydney, B, Melbourne, or C, Perth? And the answer was C, Perth. Yeah, it was in Perth. I remember that. Yeah, Australia won uh, three gold medals. So it was their best uh, uh, swimming world championship for a while. But I remember the race, you know, with Kieran Perkins and there was this German. I remember the German got busted for drugs not long after that. And they were um, got down to the final lap and they were neck and neck. And, oh, jeez, it was the most incredible finish. And the German just pipped him. They both broke the world record. and uh, yeah. yeah, but, oh, yeah. Kieran Perkins, he would have only been about 16 then. Uh, just or yeah, he just came of age. Yeah. Uh, okay, second one. Question number two. What Aussie male surfer won his second World Surfing Championship in 1991? Was it A, Damien Hartman, B, Tom Carroll, or C, Mark Ocalipo? Ocalupo. Ocalupo. Um, and the answer to that question was A, it was Dam- is Damien Hardman. Damien Hardman. Yeah, that was his second world title. And third one. The Grand Lead Rothmans. So the Rugby League Rothmans <laughs> medal. Um, was won by It doesn't which? exist anymore. <laughs> they they cancelled it. Yeah. So the Rothmans medal used to be like the... Uh, the Brownlow medal. And, yeah, they – see, when the Dally M came in, they had two two medals, you know. They'd have the Rothmans medal night, the Dally M night. And, yeah, eventually Rothmans medal would have been oh, probably in the late 90s. It came to an end and they just have the Dally M now. But, yeah, Rothmans medal, that was a, that was a big, big award back in those days. Mm. Okay, Livy. So the question was, the Rugby League Rothmans medal was won by which player in 1991? Was it A, Ewan McGrady? Was it B, Cliff Lyons? Or was it C, Ricky Stewart? And the answer to that question was... It's a trick one. Ewan McGrady. Ewan McGrady. Why yeah. is it a trick question? Because <laughs> no one, most people wouldn't have heard of him. But Cliff Lyons and Ricky Stewart, so like, you know, 
some two legends of the game. Um, Yohan McGrady, he was this Canterbury Bankstown player. I think he mainly played halfback. And, yeah, he came from Moree. Uh, he played for the Moree Boomerangs. Uh, and that particular year, like, he had an outstanding season. And But he never said a word. Like, he was, you know, imagine a, a young Indigenous guy from Moree coming to Sydney. Uh, yeah, he's... <laughs> Probably not the place for him, Sydney. Uh, and apparently on this night, yeah, you know, as the night was going on, he was getting all these votes and he was he wasn't even there. Uh, so <laughs> the New South Wales Rugby League, they're just in this massive panic, trying to find out where he was located. They're searching all uh, over Sydney, making all these frantic calls, saying he needs to get here right uh, now. Uh, and uh Yeah, eventually they found him. Uh, and uh yeah, he won the Rothmans medal and, um, yeah, but you never really heard about him after that. I think he went back to the Maury Boomerangs. Yeah. So, now, Livy. Yes, Dad? It's time to do the draw now. Um, now, you know what I pulled out of the Olympic suitcase? What? I, this I, cap. This cap here. I cleaned it all up, but I didn't take out that cap. So we're going to put all the ears for our draw into the Sydney Olympics cap. Because this is a special moment. Because we are wow. going to use this cap every four years. Oh my gosh. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you've got the honour today. Do you remember four years ago when I got that suitcase out? No. No, you don't remember? No. I remember showing you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that did a world of good, didn't it? I remember things from when yeah, I was like that, three, like, like breaking paddle pop sticks in half, but I don't remember like actually momentous moments oh, okay. that everybody else will remember. Radio, what year are we going to talk about next week? Da, 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 Dig da, deep. It's 1981. <laughs> cool. Parramatta's first first premiership. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Livy. Rightio. So, that's the end of our episode today. Oh, oh. Nearly, nearly fell off the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for joining us for this episode of Paul's Sporting Memories. So, please check out our Facebook for posts of my sporting memories. I'm going to be putting a whole heap up tonight. Uh. So uh, it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye from Olivia. And it's a goodbye from Glenn. See you later. Have a good week. Bye.